Hello and welcome to A Drink in a Natter. I'm Juicy Chef from Niam and Trod. And today I'm super, super honored and excited <laughs> to have my dear friend who's come all the way from St. Anne to my Kingston garden to discuss all that's wonderful and amazing that's happened at Stush in the Bush, how she's pivoted, you know, throughout this crisis, what's new and exciting. That's the thing with Lisa. She's always switching it up. You just never, ever know what's going to happen. So That's Lisa, exciting. welcome. And thank you so much for making the trip here to Kingston to it's chat with pleasure. me it's my today. Pleasure. And, you know, Lisa and I have known each other for about a decade now yeah, when I am starting Kingston Kitchen. Mm -hmm. I can't believe it. And so Lisa is and her husband, Chris, are just an amazing couple what they have done for the whole farm to table experience in Jamaica. You guys have single-handedly, or I should say double-handedly, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. you guys have just switched the game up in terms of, you know, how we view that ve that sexy vegetarian lifestyle that you guys have promoted. You know, somebody who has been with the Meatless Monday uh, movement for over a decade, and it was always something for me, like guys season your vegetables the way you would meet um right, and you guys right. have shown people like yes we have a great idol cuisine here but there's so much more to do with our produce the diversity of produce that you grow out there in st anne is just uh, amazing so just take us through just a little history of the whole zionites farm stush in the bush how you guys how did this baby just grow to life um <laughs> How did it happen? Well, for me, Stush in the Bush is always at base going to be a love story, yes. right? Uh -huh. And I mean, it is Christopher and I, it is me, the Stush, and Chris, <laughs> the Bush. So we always kind of come back to that balance because it is... You know, it's just who we are, right? Yes. And I mean, I think when people come to dine with us, um, they're, you know, we're sharing with you what it is that we love to eat. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point of it, right? It's about that love of produce, that love of good food, that love of fresh is what's best, and just mm -hmm. trying to kind of encapsulate all of those things um, in a dining experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and back when we met you, I mean, that is just to show you the growth that we've been through. Amazing. It's growth. been, it's been, it's been a real journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, um, for us really, it started, it always begins with the farm and the farm and the selection of seeds and what is it that we want to grow here and you know it also comes the inspiration obviously comes from food yes. so what do we want to serve right it's also going to say well what's coming in on the farm mm -hmm. so those are the kinds of connections that you have food wise right. and i think that that is what um really earmarks us as a little bit different from everyone else mm -hmm. so unlike a regular restaurant where you can kind of walk in and you know have a menu when you sort of choose when you come to stush in the bush you don't get to choose right. when you come to stush in the bush it's a surprise yes. right everything is based it. upon the fact of what is coming in what's in season what's freshest what's mm -hmm. local that's also something that's critical for us um, we don't use mushrooms that are coming from out of the out of out of jamaica everything has to be locally grown um, and i think that that's just something that 
again, going back to what is freshest, that mm. is the way that you would have to work with it. So yes. seasonality, the ways that we used to work from before, right. eat from before, um, the way that our ancestors did. Definitely. I mean, that's really what we're looking to do at right. Stush in the Bush. And for us, it's a dining experience. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not really just about the food. Right. It is also about the experience that you're going to have. So that's, Yeah, that's what I love because what you know, our listeners and some of our viewers don't mm -hmm. understand, you're literally going to their home. This mm -hmm. is not, they're welcoming you inside their home, right? you know? Right. So this is why I think it's even more special because, you know, I've been to other farm and to table experiences abroad, right. but it's just a commercial entity. Right. You know, the people who actually live there right. were actually coming in right. to right. In, into so your that's home. And like, I love that as well. That has always been sort of the impetus. I mean, for me, you know, as a traveler, you know, when you go abroad to France or mm -hmm. to Italy and, you know, the farmers have hung like this um, bundle of herbs mm -hmm. outside the door. And if you see that, then you know that you can come in and possibly get a meal. Right. So for us, it's that same sort of a experience yes, right. we want you to be able to experience what is coming in on the farm um and it has grown obviously over time so you start with the farm you have the produce um we went from having produce to making product we went from making product into having tasting tours because people were asking to come up to a farm and you know could you put on a little soup and could you put on some bread and yes. could you what can you do and so it kind of just grew from there into a tasting experience. And there is no better way to taste product than in the ways that it is supposed to be made, exactly. which is used, which is on food. Right. So the food is really an opportunity for you to taste all of the products that we're making. So at the end of the day, it's kind of like a whole, yes. right? It's like all together as right. one. And I think Complete that experience. that is yeah. um, really exciting. On top of that, you get this really great opportunity to go out and do an earth walk in the farm. Yes. Yeah. And So guys, if you hear some sweeping in the background, as I've mentioned, <laughs> we're in my garden and Mark is clearing up. We've just had a storm recently. Mm -hmm. There are leaves everywhere. I don't know if you hear the breeze in the background. <laughs> you know, this is a very rustic setting. Yeah. So he's, you know, so um, again, this is very unscripted in my garden with my dear friend having a drink and a natter and you know Lisa just you just touched upon travel we're both nomadic we both yes. love love traveling Travelers, and um she just know. had this amazing experience to South Africa yeah and anybody who's been on the continent to our motherland there's something about South Africa and I know it's impacted you such a way that you've even brought for me one of your lovely new products. All right, she's brought a gorgeous amount of products for me. <laughs> I feel so spoiled. But tell us about your new product, Black Jag from your South Africa line. Yeah, so essentially, well, this actually came out of a couple different things. We actually did a um, jazz night at Stone's Throw Bar in Kingston. And uh, we were providing the food. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what better way to do this than to have some authentic sauces that go with it. So there are two sauces that we made. One was Piri Piri, which is a mm -hmm. hot sauce. Um, that has Portuguese influence, but it's made from our bird pepper on farm. And then the other is black jang. And black jang is actually a really hearty sauce. It's really meant for meats. 
but it just has a really great flavor. It's very reminiscent of tamarind. It's like a sweet and sour type of vibe. Um, they use it quite a lot in Durban with uh, bunny chow and right, things of that nature. Uh -huh. So we did a bunny, bunny chow. chow for and hey. slap chips for that night oh, at Stone's Throw Bar, yes. and we served black jang okay. and piri piri. So it was, was like perfect. perfect. Yes. And then last year in September, we traveled to South Africa, and I mean, it just was a fully life-changing experience. Uh, we went to Cape Town, we went to Hermanus, we went on safari at Sambona, and then we went to Stellenbosch. Mm. And it just kind of impacted us um, to the point that when we closed in March for COVID, we thought about our reopening and what that would look like. And we just pulled on all of our South African mm -hmm. experiences um, in order to do that. Mm -hmm. So we pulled from Warwick Estate in okay. Stellenbosch and mm -hmm. we were able to kind of like design this alfresco dining mm -hmm. experience outside. And they had quilts and they had cushions and they had these low tables and they had all these crates that the food was brought out to us in. And I was like, well, they say imitation is the highest form, form of flattery. flattery. Yeah, honey, I just took that and made it our own. I'm not exactly your, <laughs> your Jamaican Bayesian. Yes. So you take yes. all of those things right. and you kind of like make it your own. And our, um, you know, Chris made the tables and Chris made the palette boxes. I went in with the sauces. And so we've been making things like shakalaka and we've been making. Um, something called Amasi as well. And now our Piri Piri and the Black Jang kind right. of come right back full circle. So it's really wonderful. And then to support that experience, my very good friend, Jessica Ogden, who um, amazing. her, she yeah. is a textile designer mm -hmm. and uh, she is, um, you know, her label is Jessica Ogden. So right. it is eponymous. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just wonderful because she's designed these quilts and matching cushions and prop cushions for us. Um, so there are five sets of designs. Each one of them is named for one of our sauces. Um, if you do get the quilts from us, you get a uh, you get a, a, a sauce of each one of the quilts if you buy a quilt set and they are just beautiful. Yes. Um, they kind of take the unique dining experience up another level mm -hmm. and we are always thinking about how to take that up a notch. Mm -hmm. So the Piri Piri is super colorful. The Black Jang is super colorful. The um, you know, all of them. We have the Amasi yes, and we have yes. an Amarula oh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, labeled after yeah, the rum yeah, cream. Yes. And then we also have, did I name all five? Black Jack, Amasi, Amarula. Amarula. So there's one more. And da, 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 da. <laughs> it'll come to me. Yeah. The brain is. Yeah, no, but I totally understand. In fog. Yeah. No yeah, worries about not five. That. It'll yeah, come well, up. It will come up. But come you know, you guys will get to see and purchase these, yeah. right? We can. Yeah. yeah. So I think, and we're also open to um, shipping abroad. Okay, so that's also good. something we've had a couple people who have asked about that as well. That's fantastic because yeah. I, you know, we've got a lot. Oh, most the of last our... one is shakalaka. Shakalaka, <laughs> <laughs> and that's amazing uh, because yes. a lot of our nyam and trod. Actually, you know, so funny. The majority of my Nyam and Trot audience are actually overseas. Right. And, um, you know, I think this is so special. Again, you know, we're talking about, you know, the things that are special in the Caribbean. Right. Um, a lot of, okay, you know, Lisa and I are very 
political creatures. We're very conscious creatures, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter, what was happening. And what we found was that, you know, as much as we both adore the United States and our African-American brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. and we, you know, are compassionate, we just feel like the conversation has been, you know, the rest of us are left out. The global South has been left out. Where you know we're seeing you know all of these people being lauded and rightly so because they're absolutely brilliant. They're people we follow, we adore. But there's a lot of talent here in the Caribbean, in mm-hmm. Jamaica, Barbados, mm-hmm. which is uh, Lisa's mm-hmm. origin as well. That we have not been invited to the table, maybe because we don't live geography, you know, the geography, geographical. Oh, sorry, right. tongue tied. My drink, and I haven't had a drink yet. No, my in the geographical <laughs> space. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we want to showcase so we were speaking you know, Lisa and I were speaking a few months ago that you know we need to create our own table right. um, our mutual mentor Novia McDonald White also right. you know has been doing these wonderful conversations and, and webinars with yeah, us you know yeah, and yeah. so we're you know there's this beautiful movement within Jamaica with you know Jamaican creatives right. you know right. and throughout the wider Caribbean where we are beginning to connect with one another you know say hey what are you doing what are you doing can we collaborate just like you know Lisa and Jessica with this amazing collaboration right now you know and there are more that you know we haven't even mentioned here you know today that's happening and um you know I just find that the world is waking up to the Caribbean yeah Caribbean cuisine is becoming hot yeah you know um you know I was saying with another guest you know Jamaica is more than jerk something that you have shown I have shown through my my food media as well and I, I just feel so excited yeah. about and we're what's and we're happening. definitely we're definitely I think much more than jerk. I think yes. there are quite a lot of conversations that are happening on island about mm-hmm. gastronomy and mm-hmm. what does that mean and um, you know what does that look like for us mm-hmm. in Jamaica? You know, like Jamaica cuisine, Jamaican cuisine is very distinct, yes. right, in terms of that. But I think it's always up to us to kind of like create our own dialogue somewhere mm-hmm. about that. Because even though we have, you know, um, what's happening in the states and mm-hmm. how that has kind of like, you know, um, what do I say, mushroomed into the to into the rest of the world and mm-hmm. how that works. I still feel that we here in the Caribbean, we're not having that conversation yeah, about, um, you know, we're not having the conversation about buying black. Mm-hmm. We're not having that conversation about mm-hmm. who's got black owned businesses right. here um, and how does that work and how do we support exactly. that and how are we having that dialogue mm-hmm. about putting our dollars where that where that where that mm-hmm. really speaks. And I'm glad you said so yeah. to cut you because mm-hmm. a lot of people just assume because the Caribbean is predominantly African descent that the businesses are right. African owned and, and they're not and they're not a lot there's a lot of fo- no, foreign ownership not. also Absolutely. within the Caribbean. Absolutely. You know, so we have Absolutely. all these young artisans who need right. the exposure who needs the support right and you know something that lisa's very passionate about i'm very passionate about and you know so you know we're having this discussion whoever's listening to us you know yeah we need, think we need I think we, yeah we're, we're still a part of that dialogue mm-hmm. i mean one of the reasons um primarily why i say al fresco dining is because i refuse to work use the word picnic anymore mm-hmm. and that has been a huge um opportunity not only for education but also for dialogue 
um, on the farm because people ask that question. And although the word itself has French origin, um, les pique-niques, yes, um, unfortunately, in the United States of America, there was quite a lot of um, lynchings during Jim Crow and before that. And during that period, you know, people would amass together, white folk would amass together, and they were having a picnic. And it was to pick a nigger. Mm -hmm. And for me, I feel like I need to kind of like, I don't even want to reclaim it in any mm -hmm. sort of way where we've sort of like taken that word and, you know, we use it with each other and right. we feel that we own it. I kind of don't even really want to get I'm into so owning that word. And I'm glad. And so for me, that yeah. whole point of yeah. using that word that word I've just taken it out mm. you know I don't want something that has this connotation of strange fruit mm -hmm. I don't want the word that has the connotation of holding on to an ear mm -hmm. or holding on to some teeth or something else from a black person who's been lynched and burned mm -hmm. So that part for me has kind of gone to the wayside. And for me, it's always going to be alfresco dining. Right. It means the same thing. It's actually a little bit more stush. Mm -hmm. And I feel that yeah. it's much more representative of what it is exactly. that we're trying to do. So yeah. for me, I've taken the word out of my vocabulary. And, it, and it's so funny because <laughs> I, I'm kind of on the flip, I guess, because I'm British. And picnic, although originally in France, it became a, a British thing as well that yeah. we shared it. So a picnic for me evokes joy and stuff. And again, it's why you said the importance of learning our history, because there's a lot of us who did not know that picnic had this dark connotation in the United States. Right. Because for the rest of us, picnic, you know, in the UK, yeah, for, for example, just, is like part culture. Right. And you'll right. see everybody mixed together. And it's like, you know, a lot of us, I even just, recently wrote about picnic culture for the mm -hmm. Avantron over the summer right because for me a summer evokes all of those things all of those and things. it's wonderful I don't know it's, it no, but it's great no but it's great for us to also know that it may be a hurtful term for others you know it's, it's yeah. good again to be aware and to be conscious and 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 to know more so I'm Definitely. grateful for you Definitely. today to Definitely. share Definitely. to share that bit of history that a lot of us are ignorant about. Mm -hmm. We just did not know. And it goes back to curriculum, you know, um, the curriculum and what is left out when it comes to black history taught in schools. Of course. Again, it's always the slave period. Of course. They never tell us about the, uh, what's the name, Musa from uh, Mali. Who well, you know, history, history is always written by the, by the winners. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Or, or by the conquerors. Right. And so because we have that kind of... Um, dialogue that has been ingrained in us for so long we sort of just kind of like a lot of times go with things mm -hmm. until we get old enough to want to question Definitely. or to want to see something a little bit different mm -hmm. so I feel like you know I mean up until the other day I you know I was still using the word as right. well yeah. but for me I think because of everything that is going on right. I'm hypersensitive yeah. to a lot oh. of those things and I do want people to understand that there's a reason why right. that for us this is what we've chosen no, and I appreciate you know? that as well because because again, you and I have also discussed this. A lot of people here are sweeping under the carpet. Well, it's not really our problem. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I can see kind of both sides as I, I'm a third culture kid. I've right. lived, you know, born right. and lived in different countries. Um, because again, sometimes I feel almost afraid to talk about the American experience, even though I lived in the States for a while. Right. Um, because I did not experience that's right again well, I think, I so think it's like i so i i i'm upset about it right i speak out about, about it but there are certain things 
and rather someone like you who grew up in New York. Right. And like for me, my my history in the UK is different because we also have our racial of um, dynamics and stuff in, in the UK and Europe, course. which is, you know, similar in some senses and different in some senses. Um, but I feel that um, in the Caribbean, too, we have that relics of the colonial past. We have our issues, too, in this country that nobody... Oh, everybody's always oh, a class thing. But it's be, you and I know it's more than just class. Mm-hmm. Those of us who were not born here, we call it out. Others are like, oh, it's like they're, they're scared to rock the boat somewhere. Correct. I think and a everything. lot of people are. And yeah. I think, you know, people always tread very care- cautiously mm-hmm. around the whole um, race issue mm-hmm. right and i think they try cautiously because they want to be politically correct mm-hmm. or they want to be a particular way and sometimes you know what you just have to kind of call it what it is, it is for what you see it right um you know and come with the best of intentions yeah. you know and i think a lot of times people have a tendency to try to come from a different place mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and i think we do have to you know let our money speak and yes. i do think we have to think about who we're supporting and why we're doing mm-hmm. what we're doing and you know not just take it so glibly because mm-hmm. i do think that it makes a huge difference i definitely think there's a level of entitlement mm-hmm. i definitely think that there um you know that some people that, that that there's a whole dialogue that happens between mm-hmm. the haves and the have-nots right. i think that you know we we have to be a part of the conversation yeah. and i think that's for us to push Push. and so we have to see that Mm -hmm. as it is and then we have to reposition ourselves which brings me to another point interesting point because you know we're talking about agriculture for example Mm -hmm. you guys have shown where agriculture can be sexy absolutely and and fun and (laughs) dynamic there's still you know i just recently did these chocolate stories as well Mm -hmm. and you know the problem with chocolate we have great chocolate but we don't have enough young people going into it because again there still is almost like people look down upon farming or they think it's this relic of our slave past it's a dirty job or whatever you guys have shown it's it's amazing it's life-giving it's affirming Mm -hmm. and 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 you know how do you think we could bring some more young people back to farming because obviously we have to start feeding ourselves our import bill is just ridiculous Mm -hmm. our soil has shown like you know examples like some of the things that you've been growing that we can grow certain things there has been a diversification there's more organic produce on the market etc but what would you for somebody who would like to go into farming into agriculture what advice would you give them to start out because we know it's a a long game it's not something it's just oh short-term gratification what you know psychologically how does one prepare to say okay i'm going into this field and what do i have to think about and 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 how do i go forward in, in in growing and nourish nurturing and feeding people well i think one of the things that um i really love uh about my husband mm-hmm. is that chris's chris's farming is a form of meditation mm-hmm. for him right and um i know that people have a tendency to watch um chef's table so i'm gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna harken back to that for okay. just a hot second. <laughs> yeah there is a season and an episode um that is done with a monk Right. I think oh God, it I is. love it. South Korea. Yes. Oh. Right. And, you know, one of the things, I mean, there were two things in particular that really struck me about that because when we first started going back in af- um, right before COVID, I just, right after COVID, I started to feel, I don't know, I felt like there was a disconnect for mm-hmm. me. There was a disconnect. And I think that there's two elements that came out of that for me that, I, that struck me. Mm-hmm. And one is, 
cooking as meditation, right? And I think that that's where this whole thing started for me, right? Because I'm not classically trained. I don't have, you know, any degrees, let's say, in culinary arts or anything like that. It really is just from a place of passion and from a place of wanting to share with people the way that we live, Right. right? Our philosophy, our food, all of those things. And I think that when she talked about that, the first thing that came up to me is that, okay, I see that in Chris, mm-hmm. right? I see that there's this meditation. There's this, you know, um, love of just putting your hands in the soil. There's yes. this love of caring and tending mm-hmm. for these plants. And then the other part of that is also having a respect for your produce yes. or having a respect for the ingredients that mm-hmm. you're using. And I feel that oftentimes people don't have that respect. They True. always are looking for the fast way to do things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is a long game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is about what it is that you are planting and how you're going to turn that back over. Mm-hmm. Um, so to make, you know, to kind of like swing it back to what you were asking mm-hmm. for me, food has to be sexy. Yes. Has we to eat be. with our eyes first. Yes. That is the whole point of food in the first place. I am not of this camp that believes that, oh, you know, if it looks, if it's good for you and it looks nasty, it's okay. No, No, No. I don't want no parts of that. I want the food to look like, come eat me. Yes. Right? That's what I want. So (laughs) that comes from dealing with your vegetables, obviously, in a a couple different ways, right? And also having a respect for the Mm -hmm. ingredients that you're Mm -hmm. using that I feel a lot of people are lacking. You know, we make tomato sauce. I don't buy tomato sauce. And I'm not buying tomato sauce because it's the cheaper, easier thing to do or whatever. I don't want the parts of the Mm -hmm. preservatives. I don't want what's coming to me from far away. We're not canning tomatoes here. You know, I mean... We should, because, but and even mangoes too. All we of have it. All this all waste, of it. like make purees, frozen stuff it. that you can all use when it's not so, seasoned. So to jump in with that, yeah. it's more about not just the seasonality, but it mm. also comes back down to using um, what you have, mm-hmm. right? And we don't often do that. We're always looking for something else from right. the outside. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that that's the way to go. I mm-hmm. also think that we have to think about things like varying income streams. That, oh, so even so if you hard. are growing, right. how do you make that sexy? What kind of product are you going to make from that? Right. What are you going to put out to the market? Yes. How are you going to offer people to come in and see what's happening at your farm? Mm-hmm. Are you going to offer internships? Are you going to have other people yes. that are going to come in and say, hey, we want to do this work with mm-hmm. you. We want to learn from you. Definitely. How do you sexy that up? Uh, right. You, 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 you know, the average age of a farmer mm-hmm. is 58. Yeah. It's aging. Yeah, we don't have enough And young people you there. don't mm-hmm. have young people seeing it mm-hmm. as a sexy job, but... On mm-hmm. the same tip, mm-hmm. there are a lot of young people that are getting into it now. Right. And I feel as though you can see that people want really good food yes. and people want clean food. food yes. This is the other thing. So you have a lot of folk who mm-hmm. are farming now and putting together baskets or putting together uh, boxes Mm -hmm. or putting together groups of people who have things um, and making their own cooperatives and trying to work from that angle. Um, We participate in a cooperative that goes out towards Mm Mobay right now. Um, There are a lot of people who I think are. So I do think that, you know, you just can't hold on for, you know, Who's going to buy this at the lowest denominator, at the lowest cost point? You have to think about how am I going to create a niche? How am I going to grow things that maybe other people aren't growing? How am I going to take that 
and be really boss at this thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just takes being boss at one thing really well. You know, now I'm trying to get it's all about my friendships yeah. and promoting my uh, my food community. You know, everything I've done from Kingston Kitchen to Meatless Monday, now right. Nam and Trod. Right. You know, Juicy Chef is about community. Yep. We all share just how you've lifted me up. I've lifted you up. You know, we're 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 the food that's what I love about that this island's food community. Yes. We're really truly tight. are a family. We're tight. We tight. all support each out, other. Support each other, look out for yeah, each other. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. and that's we hope that this you know, grows even deeper and and richer for all of us. So guys, thank you for joining me and Lisa today's on today's episode of A Drink and a Natter. Mm -hmm. So you'll see, you know, so hope to see you guys soon. Please follow Lisa. She's on Instagram. Her page makes you want to salivate. Again, like she said, (laughs) order her products on her website. They're beautiful products. They're seasonal products. Um, There's no excuse not to eat clean, eat healthy, eat local. And, you know, like she said, you know, when we cook, we put our love into our food and you can taste the love. Right. On every single bush product. The first two ingredients on every product are love and affection. Yeah. Because that's where it has to start. Yes. Yes. Can't start anywhere else. Right. (laughs) You know, and on that note, the rain is beginning to drizzle. You guys could hear that. You hear my wind chimes in the background. So (laughs) we are going to have a drink before we run out into that rain Lisa yes. <laughs> so I'm gonna fix the drink so already I've started to half prepare because again we're outside so in my kitchen so in the glass I've got some black local Jamaica blackberry liqueur some um, strawberries Jamaica we grow strawberries in the blue mountains and some black mint and lime from my garden and to that the good old Hendrix now Hendrix says we have to use cucumber I don't have any cucumber right now and as Lisa said, I should have asked you to bring some cucumbers actually Surely. from the garden, but you know, that was an <laughs> oversight on my part. So we've got the Hendrix gin, and I'm just looking for my jigger. Thank you, Dad. So we're gonna get two shots. So I like my drinks kind of strong, eh, Lise? Um, you know? <laughs> So we're going to have two shots. So that's like, um, as Americans say ounce, in Europe we say milliliters. That's like 30 milliliters. So that's 60 milliliters per glass of this fine Hendrix gin. And before I had the um, mint and the strawberry and the blackberry liqueur macerated. All right. So we've got that. So beautiful. You could also use a simple syrup. I didn't have that today, to be honest. But you can add a simple syrup. So this is well, if you like it's a bit sweeter, you could. But you know, Lisa and I we can hold our drink, right? Is that so girl. we know yes, and we have we got can. the little <laughs> beaver tree Indian tonic as well. That's that beautiful hue. So it's a lovely blush. You know, because again we said we like our food and our drinks beautiful. Every right? time. It's be- and then we're just gonna add some ice to this to make it refreshing to deal with this Jamaican humidity and sometimes I like to add um, grains I, I wanted to put some pimento grains in here but I used that off on my cooking yesterday when I made my pumpkin soup mm-hmm. <laughs> we made pumpkin right? bisque as well oh, yeah so oh I saw yours today with that beautiful <laughs> coconut bacon yes all right so Super we have this lovely. lovely refreshing drink so Lisa, my dear friend. Thank you. Oh, before I forget, sorry. One last element, just a little 
squeeze, the last squeeze of lime just to bring it out a bit. And again, you could garnish with whatever you want. If you have the cucumber, cucumber slices would have been delicious in this. I'm so sure my darling, this is going to be thank you so much for joining me for a drink and a natto. It was a pleasure, you know, inviting you yes. today and yes. safe travels back to St. Anne. Will. And hopefully you'll come out to the I'm bar. I'm definitely coming soon, yes. soon, soon, soon. Yes. I, every time, like you said, every time I go to Sushi Bush, I, I, I sleep well. When I come back home, I just feel this beautiful joy and peace within. Thank you, because that's, that's why I know. Pretty, pretty special. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Cheers, my cheers, darling. my darling. Cheers to every success with Sushi in the Bush. And you too, because you. this is an amazing journey. Oh, that thank you. Are you. On. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. Love you loads. Cheers. And cheers. thank you mm. to our Nam and Trod listeners. Thank that's you for joining delicious. us for another episode. <laughs> I said that that is pretty delicious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm glad, you know, because mm -hmm. I, 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 I appreciate and respect Lisa's palate. So once I've got Lisa's seal of approval, oh because my as God. you know, I feel the same way. Yeah. The Thank same you. way. The yeah. same way. Namin Trod and yeah. Juicy Chef, the pictures. Yeah. Amazing. Thank food. you so much. Food. Thank you. Thank you. And again, yeah. like you, everything is local. Of course. I just try to do it with that little, you know, twist. A yes. Yeah. We have to. We have to show. We do. We have what, to what show we that have. we are still global. global.